appreciate the song. And uh, you never know the talent we have here. It keeps, it keeps coming out. And uh, these fellows do not know that this tape will be going across America, you see, they'll be hearing it all over, everywhere. So, uh, we appreciate those who take part in the house of God and try to serve Him. We brought you a message on the justice of God or God's judgment. We're searching out something about our God. We brought you a second message on staring God right in the eye, or the eminence of God, His very presence, uh, right at hand. And then we brought you a third message on the God who does not turn, the God who is immutable, unchangeable. We brought a message one Sunday on God in three persons, a trinity. We brought the message last Sunday on the attribute by which God runs the world, which is sovereignty. Uh, the Sunday before and last Sunday, the knowledge of the holy, the wholeness of God. We come this morning to bring a message on the God who knows. The God who knows. Did you know that God knows everything? His omniscience is set forth in the Word of God. And this message, the Lord willing, will bring to a close these messages on God for a while. I'm looking now at my Bible, Psalm 139. Psalm 139. No one can read Psalm 139 without seeing the omniscience of God or that God knows everything. Psalm 139. It says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting, mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I send unto heaven, thou art there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. And if I take the wings of the morning, and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light around me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Down in verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I wake, I am still with thee. 
quality of God's knowledge is his perfection of his omniscience. And he knows everything. This involves not only that God knows about us and his knowledge of us, but also his knowledge of nature, past, present, and future. It involves everything you can think of and more this morning that God's knowledge reaches to. There is no need for God to learn because he knows it all. He knows it all. If you look at a passage like Isaiah, chapter 40, you'll see something of this. Isaiah chapter 40. And verse 12. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with a span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in the balance, and put them on the scale. Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, and being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? <laughs> His knowledge extends to the most eminent knowledge of the individual. He knows exactly everything about everyone this morning. This is the God who knows. God's knowledge is pure, for it's not contained, uh, uh, it's not uh, connected anyway with sin. His knowledge is without any difficulty. And then thirdly, it's infallible. It's without any error. And then it's immediate. He knows everything immediately. Nothing is kept from him. And then it covers all things. Think of that. His knowledge this morning covers everything that you could imagine or think of. His knowledge covers everything. Now, to acknowledge this, that God knows everything about us, is the most blessed truth to the believer that you could have. On the other hand, it sends terror into the heart of the unsaved. To know that God knows everything about everything that we ever done or ever shall do. It's the most shaking truth that God in his omniscience knows us through and through. He knows the motives of our heart. He knows why we do what we do. And so this God knows everything. For instance, if you begin to stare at someone, and we stare at one another, did you know that's unbearable if it continues? You can't stand it too long. <laughs> now think about God, who looks down into the being and knows everything about us. You see, there's a sense in which uh, we long and have a desire for privacy. 
That's why we have doors and window shades and clothes and shower curtains and all of this. We want privacy. And yet, on the other hand, there's a desire in the heart of man to be known. To be known. That's why you're, you have the popularity of the encounter talk shows on TV and the psychiatry talk shows and all of this because folks want to be known and they can talk on that and they can tell uh, the secrets of the heart but there is something of a fear of such an exposure of the person and they never tell all about it why? There's a dread. There's a dread. Now let me tell you this. It's not normal for God's people to be afraid that God knows everything. It's not normal for them, you see. You're happy about it. If you know the Lord Jesus, you're happy about it. Adam and Eve, as long as they had fellowship with God in the garden, they would go out to meet him in the evening. But once they sinned, they ran and hid themselves. You remember? Behind the trees, and God came calling. And he said, Where art thou, Adam? Where are you? He is hiding among the trees. He had sinned. He had sinned. I don't know whether you can remember it or not. I remember the time when the whole family had to sit down at a certain time to eat. Any of you remember that? <laughs> you know, we live in a day when uh, everybody eats at different times and all of this. But uh, I grew up in a home where uh, supper was at 6 o'clock and you had to be there and be seated to get it. And uh, <clears throat> there was something about that. And then if you'd, if I'd been a good boy and hadn't got in any trouble and everything, I could sit there and have fellowship like you'd never seen with my family. But if I'd got in a little trouble, you know, it bothered me. You remember those days? Well, listen, it's the same way with God. Same way with God. You can go right up into his presence. And him knowing all about you. And this is the message that I want to bring this morning. In fact, I want to deal with two questions. Number one, what does God know? What does he know? The omniscience of God is a cause for real concern and uneasiness for those who do not have their sin under the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a cause for terror in the heart to know that God is looking down into the very heart this morning. But there are reasons of joy for the saved. I mentioned three of them. Number one, this is a reason for joy. Because God knows all things, he knows the worst about us. And yet he loves us and saves us. Now you think that through. Did you know God knows the worst about us? And he loved us still? He knows the worst about us. Human relationships will break fellowship, but God already knows the heart and the worst. 
He knows our frame, says Psalm 103 and 14. He knows what we're made of, knows all about us. Psalm 139, he says he knew us in the mother's womb. He knew all about us before we ever got here in this world. God knew all about us. And so this is a great truth that God knows the worst about us. And he still loves us. So if he knows the worst about us, you don't have to worry about a skeleton falling out of the closet sometime or another. <clears throat> See, he already knows everything about us. So you don't have to be worried about some skeleton coming out, you know, and exposing something. You don't have to be worried about somebody arising and telling something to God that he does not know about us. He knows all about us. He knows the worst about us. Boy, that's a great, great truth. That he knows the worst about us. Think about it. He already knows the worst about us. Sometime we might put on a good front for somebody, you know, and we're trying to uh, impress them or something, and then somebody rises and said, uh, you didn't know this about them, did you? Well, listen, God knows the worst about us. Oh, that's a reason for joy. Nobody's ever going to expose anything to God he doesn't know about us. He knows everything about us. No informers going to speak up and say, uh, did you know this, you see? Nothing can happen that he does not know already. That's a reason for joy. Number one. Then number two. Not only does God know the worst about us, he knows the best about us. He knows the very best about us. He knows the times when we've been, when things have been misinterpreted, when friends did not understand. He knows the very best about us. He knows the very motive of the heart, why we're doing what we do. He knows the very best. Now, if he knows the worst, and he knows the best, it's a reason for joy. Think about it. He already knows the best about us. And then a third thing. He not only knows the worst, and he knows the best, he knows what he's going to make of us. He's still working on us, like a little sign on that door. We're not perfect. See, we're just Christians, and he's still working on us. We're an unfinished product yet. One day we'll be like the Lord Jesus Christ, made in his image, Romans 8, 29. So he's going to make something out of us. He said to Simon Peter one day, he said, you do not know yet what I shall do. John 13. In other words, he was saying, he said to him, thou, thou art Peter, 
And the word Peter means small stone. You're, you're a little bitty stone. But he said, from now on you'll be called Cephas. A great big rock. He said, Simon, what I'm going to do is take this little stone and make a big rock. Let me ask you now, who was it stood in that crowd on the day of Pentecost and preached? It was Simon Peter. He's becoming that great rock. And God was making something out of him. And he didn't have within himself but he was doing something for him. God knows the worst. He knows the best. He knows what he's going to make out of us. Then, a second question. How does God's knowledge affect us? How does it affect us? Number one, if God is the God of all knowledge, we should learn the importance of knowledge. The importance of knowledge. Learn to think the thoughts of God after him. That's why on Sunday mornings I've tried to stretch your brain a little bit, to get you to think a little bit about God, how big he is. And all I've done is just scratch the surface of all these messages I brought. God is a great God. And when you come to the place as a Christian where you can thank God's thoughts after him in this book, you've come a long ways. Then, how does it affect us? Number two, hypocrisy is foolishness when you think about God knowing everything. See, you could put on a good front, you can't fool God. Like the Pharisees in Jesus' day, he was the hardest on the Pharisees, those religious Pharisees of anybody else that he ever met. Why? They were pretending to be something they were not. They were practicing hypocrisy. They were hypocrites. The most scorching message by Jesus is found in Matthew 23, where he talks about the hypocrites who pretend to be something they're not. They pretend to be one thing, and there's something else. There's folks who attend the churches, pretend to be one thing, but in the home there's something else. And on the job, there's something else. And round about where folks know them, there's something else. They're playing the hypocrite. That's all. Somebody said to me, Preacher, I can't live it at home. I can live it at church and live it in other places, but I can't live it at home. Now listen, if you can't live it at home, you can't live it anywhere. Hear me now. You can live for Christ in the home. That's where it starts. 
I read in the Bible where a man would cut himself, lived among the graves. He wore no clothes. He was a wild man until Jesus' boat hit the shore. Jesus came out there in the graveyard, cast the demons out of that man. He came Jesus' feet. It says that he was clothed, put on some clothes, and in his right mind, in his right mind here's what he said Lord let me go with you let me go with you why in your campaigns I could stand up and say uh, here's one the Lord's delivered you know and I could give a great testimony and you know what Jesus said to that man go and tell your friends go back home tell your friends what great things the Lord's done for you. That's the place to start. In the home. In the home. You see, Jesus says that it's foolish to practice hypocrisy when he knows everything about us. And the third thing. We can be encouraged in difficulties. We can be encouraged in difficulties. Turn to the book of Job. The book of Job. Chapter 23 and verse 10. Chapter 23 and verse 10. The book of Job. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He knows the way that I take, he said. Job had been having great difficulties and trials, times in his life when he thought everything was coming unglued, you see. And here he says, he knoweth the way that I take. When he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Put your eyes and drop down on verse 8. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. Here's what he's saying. I take a step forward and a step backwards. You ever felt that way? You feel like that you're not getting anywhere. You just take a step forward and you're going, you're going back all the time. But Job said, when I realized that he is the one that I'm to follow. And when I follow him, I can make progress. I can go forward in the things of God. I can go forward. He will help us in difficulties to realize that he knows everything and it's a great encouragement to us when we find that out. God is a God who knows. He knows everything that's bad about us. He knows everything that's good about us. And he knows what he's going to do with us. And he can make us like the Lord Jesus Christ. And I trust this morning that's what he's doing in your life. In your life. <coughs> Dr. Emmy Dodd, great preacher in times past, 
said he was walking the street and the, it was raining. He got out of his car and was walking down the street and started to cross the street. And a car didn't see him and hit him and knocked him down and he was all broken up. And in the hospital, he'd been pastor in this certain town for many years. And he said, when he came to in the hospital, the nurse said, somebody out here wanting to see you. And uh, are you, do you feel like having a visitor? And he said, yes, send them in. He said he could hardly hold his head up, but he said when he set his eyes on a little nine-year-old boy, and the little boy had a little bunch of flowers in his hand, violets. He had broken off somewhere, and he came over to the bed. And he said, Preacher, I've come to give you these flowers and uh, tell you that we love you because you've done so much for us. He said, That made my day because I remember back when I met that little boy. He said it was a cold winter day when I met him. He was out on the street selling papers and trying to get a few pennies, enough to buy some milk to carry back to the baby at home. The father had run away. He wasn't any good, and he was a rascal. And uh, here was this little boy in the home and a little bitty baby girl. And so this boy and mother had got down with the flu and she wasn't able to do anything. It was when the flu was sweeping America and killing so many people. Dr. Dodd said, that little fellow's out on the streets and it was zero weather. And he was hollering, paper, mister, paper, mister. And he said, I looked him over from my car and I saw what he's trying to do and I pulled over and said how many papers you got left and he told me and I bought all his papers told him to get in the car and I carried him home and he said I went in that home and there was mother sick and a little baby was out in the milk there was no fire in that home no food in the cabinet nothing in that home mother was sick and this little fella nine years old trying to get a little milk for his baby sister and he said he got busy he called up different ones in the congregation they began to bring in groceries firewood tried to make this family comfortable and he said I remembered that instant and that little fella pushed his flowers over toward me and he said I want to give you these flowers because we love you because you've done so much for us Dr. Dodd on that hospital bed with his broken body he said I looked up toward heaven after that little boy left and I said God I want to give you this old broken body because I love you because you've done so much for me oh listen 
think how much he has done. Love him with all your heart. Serve him to the top of your ability. Witness to others around you. Let them know about this God who knows everything. Let's stand quietly.